begin this episode, I want to congratulate, especially the my AP World friends, on finishing this class. It's been almost a year since um, we we started, and because um, our scores went up, came out today, and I hope you guys did well, uh, especially um, in this tough times, and also for other people for taking other AP classes. I hope you guys did well. And um, just want to say that message out before we begin. Welcome back to Opus's podcast. It's July 15th on a pretty beautiful Wednesday. And I'm back after a month of no uploads. And today we're going to be getting into a lot of topics. First, we're going to talk about why... Places like New Zealand and Taiwan and other countries are doing a lot better job at COVID and why the United States is struggling so much. And then we're going to talk about the announcement that the Redskins will change their name after 87 years. And what does that mean for other teams with questionable names? And then the return of sports in the United States, the NBA and the NHL have plans to open up. Uh, in a couple weeks and what are their plans for keeping it safe for the athletes and lastly we'll talk about are us students ready to return to normal school and why I believe the Trump administration has some flaws in their plan to open up all right first we're going to talk about why New Zealand and Taiwan and other countries are being a lot better at treating this coronavirus than the United States. First, let's look at Taiwan. As of today, July 15th, Taiwan has had 451 confirmed cases and only 7 deaths. And out of those 451 cases, 438 have recovered. That's insane. The last time they had a case was July 10th, and they had two. Now, why has Taiwan been so successful at treating this? Now, this is a source from the time.com. Now, what Taiwan did, opposed to the United States, was rather than shutting down the economy, right? We were under lockdown for a couple of weeks um, to try to slow it. Instead... Um, they closed their borders. That's the first thing I feel that the United States made their mistake. First of all, they didn't take a quick action. They were pretty slow on their response. And they were unwilling. I'm, I'm talking about the Trump administration right now. They were unwilling to take any s- smart approach, in my opinion, to treat this. And that's why we're still getting th- thousands of cases a day, tens of thousands a day in the United States. And what they did was, um, I think if America tried to do this, they would probably be opposed to this. They use contact tracing. And what is that is they use people's uh, phone, um, their SIM cards to track people and make sure that people who were in quarantine were actually abiding. And the cool thing is they actually have a single... Um, they have a single pair of healthcare system. Medical officials held briefings for the public every single day. And the thing is, the businesses were kept open 
by using aggressive precautionary measures um, like taking temperatures and providing hand sanitizer um, before they could enter the restaurants or establishments or businesses. And also, this doesn't hurt that Taiwan's vice president is an epidemiologist. Um, so a lot of things in, in their favor. Now, what, what we thought was going to happen was that Taiwan would be heavily affected um, negatively by the pandemic because China board, well, China is right next to Taiwan. Taiwan is an island country, and it's not very far. And they kept it under control very, very well. And also, their citizens were abiding to rules. I don't think a lot of, con- a lot of people in the United States uh, are, and that's the issue. I feel like the United States right now has been in deep, deep trouble with this is because of the citizens not willing to abide by the guidances by the CDC. I, and the first, the first problem, uh, you can actually kind of blame the CDC on this, was the misinformation or the confusion on whether people need to wear masks or not if they weren't um, infected. And I think that was the first mistake, the first huge mistake. Because then the people, their mindset is, oh, we don't need to get a mask, right? We don't, we, you know, we're okay. You know, we don't have to do anything. We can just, you know, social distance. And when they changed their guidance, I think a lot of people became suspicious. Was it rightfully so? I don't believe so. But you got to understand that science right science right now is on our side we are trying to to defeat this virus and everybody has been trying to control this in different ways and the issue is everyone's asking when's when's sports going to come back you know when's the nba going to come back when's hockey going to come back when's football is going to come back how are we going to go back to school the thing is we're not how can we do that if we still can't get control of this virus. Now, the thing is, I just read a report or uh, analysis that if everybody wore masks, starting right now, we could control this virus in two months. Two months. That's how far we've set us back. And the thing is, this is this is very very just first of all it's depressing that you know we're considered a superpower in the world we've got all the medical all the medical doctors we've got the smartest people we got the smartest colleges we got the biggest um, we got we got a lot of resources and the fact that we can't use them properly and then not be able to admit that we did something wrong is utterly ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Remember way back in February, way back in March, when everybody was saying, oh, look, look at Italy. Look how bad. It's so bad for them. Right? Or other countries in the world that were getting hit hard initially. But what did those countries do? Especially Italy. Italy is 
their 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 death they already reached their spike way back and they're getting they're not they're not getting as many cases as they were before they're not getting as many deaths as they had before and partly is they have been able to just abide by the rules a lot of people and uh admittedly looks like more conservative leaning people and not necessarily as conservatives and more Trump supporters, right? Not all of them have been denying this this denial, the claiming this is a hoax, and trying to trying to push, trying to divert our eyes from the real problem. And that real problem is the the whole Trump administration, the unwillingness to say that. Or to say, first of all, to do something and do it correctly and carry it out and not make this political. That that was their first mistake. But And then when you know that your country, right, if you're President Donald Trump, you know, to know that your country is right now the worst in the world for coronavirus and that every country is starting to open up a little bit and starting to do stuff a little bit but we're still here we're still at square one from where we were in March it's pretty incredible um, pretty insane uh, if you think about it and then also the the whole issue with calling it the Wuhan virus sorry to offend anybody but um, for some reason, he's been calling it the Wuhan virus, the Chinese virus, the Kung flu. The fact is, um, first of all, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not any political party. I don't, I don't associate with any of those. I feel like they both have major issues, and I, and I can't really support either one. But this virus, in history, when we look down ten years down the road. This is going to be known as the America virus or the U.S. flu instead of the Wuhan virus. And that's kind of sad. And the worst part about this is this might have just accelerated our economic decline. And if we want to take a positive away from this, it's exposed our country's biggest flaws, right? Not just in treating the medical, treating the virus, but societal structures, right? With the whole George Floyd protest, it is, I, I you know that was one of the biggest. It that was a we're and by the way that thing is not over yet. We're still we're still we're still advocating for rights right now, especially um, people who um, are standing up. We we've never seen it. so many changes in um, in our country. And there's more changes yet to come, and obviously we're not done yet. You know, we're still. Uh, tr- um, when I say we, I mean you know people who are advocating for uh, civil rights right now. We're still not done yet. We're still not done yet. There's a lot of things we got to do, and the fact that this generation is taking charge of it, I think that's pretty proud. I'm really proud to be part of it. I think it would be great if you could too, and that we could all embrace it. Um, and especially, I just, you know, Kenny Stills, if you might, uh, if you don't, you might not know him, but he's a wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, 
who who's a great philanthropist by the way he's a great person um in terms of uh in terms of helping out his community he's been in miami he's been in new orleans um playing football and he's facing a felony charge for apparently trespassing during a protest i i think it's incredible i think first of all it's ridiculous and second of all the fact that he you know he's pretty rich by the way and Obviously, he's the NFL player. He's pretty good. And the fact that he's going to get a felony charge when the people who apparently, you know, or whatever, accidentally killed Breonna Taylor, they're still free, is uh, it's delirious. It's delirious. And I think a lot of things have to be exposed right now in our country. And this is a good step. But, um,. That's what that, that's what's going on in America right now. We have seen a change like no other, especially in my lifetime, my 16 years of living. Now, will this result in in change? It depends on election day this year. If Donald Trump or Joe Biden will win. Now, um that's another topic, but I think if America still is dealing with this pandemic in through November, in through um, uh, November, hopefully, I I I think I can trust Joe Biden more than Donald Trump on treating this virus. So that that that's what's going on right now in the world, and. Uh, and I, that's why I feel like the United States has struggled so poorly. They have sucked on treating this. And my, I guess, my closing message for this topic is wear your masks. I mean, it's not even, it's not even that hard. Wear your masks. And social distance. Though, like, this pandemic is not over. Because it's not over because of the ineptitude of our president. Okay, if you want to go back to school and meet your friends on a daily basis, if you want to go play sports this fall, if you want to, if you want to even watch sports, if you want to go to events, to concerts, and have it be the same or at least somewhat the same, right? Wear your masks, social distance, wash your hands. Those things. Just because we know we you know, we say okay we'll do it and then we don't, that's kind of you know, some of the blame is on us and we gotta show that we can beat this and that we're not gonna go down to a virus, to a little particle or you know, so that's what, that's my closing message. Uh, we're gonna be right back after a couple moments. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Opus Podcast. Um, in this section, we're going to be talking about the announcement the Redskins will change their name after 87 years and what that means for other sports teams with questionable names. Now, uh, coin, uh, on Monday, Dan Snyder and the Redskins announced that they'll retire the Redskins' nickname and logos. Now, they did not announce a new team logo or name yet, 
because of a man named Martin McCauley. And uh, why is he so special? Well, he's a 61-year-old actuary who lives in Virginia, uh, pretty close to D.C., and he um, has trademarked potential Redskins replacement names um, for about five years now. And that includes the Red Wolves, the Red Tails, the Monuments, the Veterans, the um, Freedom Fighters, the Redskins, the Warhogs, the Americans, the Potomacs, and the Justice. He has trademarked all of these. And obviously we've seen names like the Warriors and the Red Tails, uh, as I said before. Um, but a lot of these names, they could be used for the Redskins at, or I guess the Washington NFL football team. And now they can't. Now, although that's a pretty funny tidbit, we got to look back on the history of the Washington NFL franchise. Now, they were, um, they were, uh, well, I should say not they were, the name of the Redskins um, is a, what other people, uh, you know, um, think is a racial slur against the Native Americans. And the fact that um, they've kept that name since they were in Boston, in 1932 um, is pretty uh, it's pretty disheart- disheartening and you know people are going to say well it's just a team name just a team nickname but even those little things right this whole talk about the Redskins or the nickname and that it had to be changed is one just small step in trying to at least abolish or try to eradicate racism and not just people but institutions and programs and sports and other parts of the American lifestyle and you know there's a tweet from Dan Snyder that he's you know it's kind of hilarious now to look back on it but he said that he's never he will never change that name and uh, lo and behold He's gonna. He's always. He's forced to now. In if you don't if you don't know who Dan Snyder is, uh, he's considered one of the worst people in the world. Um, as uh, I should say, worst person in the world, but he's definitely not one of the best in terms of sports owners. Um, he has. He he has. Um, first of all, he's a bad owner. First of all, he has tried to rip off his fan base by increasing season ticket sales. Um, he, he hires terrible coaches. He hires uh, terrible GMs. The, the Redskins have been a pile of garbage since he um, took over in 2000. And you got to realize that Dan Snyder, okay, he didn't want to change this, this name. He's made that point very clear. But why did he change the team name. If you know the Washington football team, they play at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. And FedEx, uh, FedEx um, announced that they would not uh, be 
supporting their team no longer. And that's when Dan Snyder's like, oh, I got to change now, right? The fans have been saying change it. Native American groups have been saying change it. He said he wasn't going to change it. And it took businesses, took major multi-billion dollar companies, like, for example, Nike, to say, fine, we're not going to sell any of your merchandise on our stores. And that, and that's what it took for him to change the name. Pretty preposterous, and he's pretty uh, narcissistic, uh, in my opinion. Even his own fans hate him. And although that's great for the NFL, doesn't mean that there's other teams with... This doesn't mean that there's not other teams with questionable names. So, um, first name we got to look at is the Cleveland Indians. Now, they actually have been in, in, uh, in some uh, controversy in a while back, but um, which is what their, their logo was, a pretty um, stereotypical description of, I guess, a Native American, and they discontinued that. Um, but the term Indians still, um, in my opinion, should be changed, and it's unacceptable. And the, the good thing is the Cleveland Indians, um, they realized that, and they said that they were going to announce, um, that invest, or I guess, uh, try to figure out what to do with that. So that's good on them, and I hope they, they do change it. Another team uh, in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks now. If you, it's also a term used to describe Native Americans, which could be used as derogatory or offensive. And the fact is that their logo is actually very similar to the Redskins. And uh, I haven't heard from them as of as of now. Um, if they're going to change their name, we haven't heard. Um, but I hope they do. And that's a name that I feel like should be in um, contention for changing. And then there's another team that people brought up, which I actually don't believe should be changed. Um the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. Now, this is why, um, because if if you know the history of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, they were originated in Dallas. Um, if you know their original owner, Lamar Hunt, who then founded the AF, AF the AFL and merged the NFL and became um, the the name of the trophy for the AFC champion. Um, they were originally called the Dallas Texans, and then they moved in the late 60s to Kansas City. And if you know, uh, but the mayor of Kansas City at that time was nicknamed uh, Chief. And then they renamed they named it after him. So, but I do understand, um, obviously the Arrowhead Chop, the Arrowhead itself that has Native American imagery in it, and they should probably think about at least changing their logo, although it's very iconic. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think the Chiefs have a nickname that is offensive. But obviously, who am I to speak for? I'm not Native American. If other people, if other Native Americans feel that that's not okay, they have, they have. Uh, I feel like their opinion is more entitled than mine. So um, I'm just speaking from a sports fan, and um, obviously sports and politics don't mix, but... Um, this isn't really about politics, it's about uh, social justice, and um, that's why I believe that um, some team names have to be changed. So, um, 
in conclusion, I guess, this is a very good thing for the United States and for sports to retire um, some uh, retired names that just are not acceptable for today. And they were never acceptable. Um, so I'm glad that's happening, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Obsa's podcast. Now we're going to be talking about the NBA's return. Um, so just recently, um, all the NBA uh, teams that will be going to the playoff um, tournament have arrived at Walt Disney's uh, World Bubble. Um, and a couple of them have received positive tests. Um Notably, Russell Westbrook and Nikola Jokic. Now, this is my concern. Now, I hope that, uh, first of all, I'm not going to be a pessimist and say that the NBA is not going to be the same or anything. I think we should be excited that the NBA will be back. But we got to look at the real world effects of this pandemic. First of all, not every player is returning. Right, we're seeing reports of players, uh, not not just the NBA but also the MLB that are just not going to play. Um, and nineteen uh, these reports, if we've seen nineteen players, um, test positive before July first, which is when the, I think the deadline for um, coming in the flight to Walt Disney, and they didn't travel, and that's including Russell Westbrook, and then two, an, an extra two. Have uh, who have already who were already there have tested positive uh, while in quarantine, and so they have gone into isolation. Um, the, this is I can't imagine, especially um, for the NBA to be kind of frustrated. First of all, because now that Florida is becoming the new hotspot in the United States for coronavirus, and You've seen, you know, over sports like J.R. Smith went on Instagram Live a couple of days ago talking about, you know, what the the food service was, and apparently it wasn't that good. So, I mean, you got to take that into account too. Um, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And I've seen a lot of players, uh, you know, they have vo- voicing different thoughts, but I think one of the most common talking points is wear your mask, right? Um, that's what Westbrook said on... Uh, um, last week about his uh his his uh positive test mask uh, mask up you know we gotta be safe and uh I think I've already said that uh, uh quite a, uh quite a lot now but if if this is what's gonna happen in the NBA and obviously. It is kind of it's you could consider it a contact sport, right? They're interacting with each other. They're pretty close. Um, how does that work for um, other sports? And I have some concerns with this idea. Um, what I believe is that with the NBA proposing this plan, they are kind of admitting that they're 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 going to expect positive cases, and. The fact is, a lot of it, it it could infect it could infect anyone, whether that be LeBron James or the 
the the bench point guard on the Timberwolves or or you know a team that obviously isn't in the playoffs right now or in playoff contention and how is that going to affect the results on the court or the results on the rink or the results in the field right um I'm going to take it to where I can relate let's say you know we're about to start the NFL season and then Kirk Cousins has COVID. You know, some Vikings fans might be very happy, but, you know, he's our starting quarterback. You know, what if Dalvin Cook gets COVID, right? There's no such thing as a timetable, right? Like, or if it's like an injury, right? A sprained ankle or a fractured wrist, right? We know when they're going to come back. We know, you know, we they don't, they don't have to social distance. They can still participate with the team, but, you know, they, they can't, like, play on the field, right? But with this, if you're tested positive, you first of all, you're guaranteed two weeks away from the team, right? You you have a higher risk, right? A fractured wrist versus a virus, especially COVID-19, they're completely different in terms of risk, right? COVID is something, it's a respiratory illness, it kill you, it, it affects anybody, the symptoms could range from nothing at all to on a ventilator. So, you know, this is this is a huge game changer. Um and especially for teams that were considered favorites before um the NBA shut down, right? You got the Bucks, you got the Lakers, um you got the Celtics, right? Jason Tatum was just heating up before they shut down. Um, and then we see LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis in L.A. And um, a lot of really good teams, right? A lot of perennial contenders could be just could be um, train wrecked by a virus. If, if Giannis tests positive and they're in the middle of a, you know, uh, a playoff t- tournament, of the playoff game, what are they going to do, right? That's totally going to probably lower their chances by quite a bit. And so that's my concern with this. And that's why I feel like this NBA season could be the most unexpected. It's already been the most unexpected season ever. But as for the championships, the fact that we have 20-something teams in this playoff tournament, anybody can take it. Anybody can take it. Um, so that's why, um, that's why I believe that I'm, you know, this could be used as a, as an advantage for some teams who may be, who might be underdogs, um, when it comes to actually playing those games. So that's why I believe for the NBA. Now for the NHL, uh, they just released that they're going to be doing everything in Canada because of how much America is sucking, um, on treating this virus. Um, and the, uh, the Wild are in. The team I can talk about. The team I root for, I can actually talk about. The Wild are in. Um, so, um, that's first of all, that's pretty intriguing, right? We were, we just fired um, Boost Brodro like early in the season, and now we're now we're uh, <laughs> now we're thinking about playoffs, right? It's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So we're gonna play the Canucks. In um, um, in August, early August, first week of August, and a kind of I think five team, 
tournament. And uh, I feel I feel like the Wild can do this. I feel like the Wild can do this. I'm kind of hopeful. <laughs> Although I shouldn't be. But I'm kind of hopeful. But I feel like the NHL's approach actually um, is better than the NBA. Uh, first of all, they move it to a country that isn't that affected by um, the NBA. Uh, that affected by the coronavirus as obviously the NBA is in Florida, which is the worst place to be right now. And I feel like the NHL will probably have more stability in terms of uh, diagnosing cases. I think there'll be a lot less cases in the uh, um, in, in Canada and um, they'll be a lot more successful. And I think it'll be a lot more smoother and... Um, you know, hopefully the Wilds could uh, pull an upset and uh, get to the Stanley Cup Finals, but we'll see. And I feel like so that's just my thoughts. Obviously, um, the MLB is coming back soon. I think I need to talk about that more because of the MLB and the MLBPA, the Players Association, with the what month long feud, and now they're just starting to play. And I think that's for another episode, um, but. The fact that sports are returning uh, is somewhat encouraging that we could come back to normal soon. Um, do I believe we're there? No, we're not. I don't, we're not even close. But, um, hey, people ask for sports, and so we're going to get sports, and I think we should embrace it. Uh, although while still social distancing, wearing our masks, and hand sanitizing, and um, washing our hands, so... Uh, that'll be it for this section. Uh, I'll be right back after this little break. All right, lastly for today, we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of us can relate to, and um, that school um, is going to come back. Now, how will come back will be something that's up for debate. And recently, Betsy DeVos went on an interview with uh, with uh, uh, Chris Wallace of Fox News, and she was uh, um, pretty adamant. She's Department of Education, um, and she said that kids will have to return back to school. Like normal school, uh, minimal restrictions, basically means no restrictions um and that kids from all ages and grades will come back on what the first tuesday of september this year so um she got ridiculed because uh and because trump has been trying to defend uh, her claim and his claim that we can because of other countries can do it because Germany is going to do it, Norway is going to do it, and, and and I feel like that's just, uh, that's, that's, that's just wrong, wrong judgment right there. Germany, their cases are in the hundreds, um, Norway has been uh, much lower, and they, sh- I think they should be thinking about opening school. Now, for some reason, Trump thinks that we can go back to school if they can go back to school is because 
they have they can still restrict stuff and the fact is we're not close yet and the sad reality is we're not we're not even done with our first wave we're still have we still haven't reached our peak yet we thought we did a couple of weeks ago we thought we reached our peak and the fact all these openings and all the the July 4th parties and the Memorial Day holidays and school ending and vacations we're going up we're going up and uh, our spike is is yet to come um now a lot of people uh I guess want to know my my thoughts on it um the we shouldn't I I don't think any kid or any student will be comfortable or any teacher would be comfortable going back to school. And a lot of people are saying, well, first of all, kids are kids, right? They're younger. Their immune systems are stronger. They can handle it. They're at less risk. And that's not true. That's not true. Because they're not the only people that could be affected by this. We got to think about teachers. And just think about you know, a teacher that you know that, you know, could be over 50 or, you know, somewhere that's kind of old. And think about how they think. How do they feel? That they have to choose between teaching their students and and being safe. So that's kind of ridiculous. Now, one thing I do support is, or I, I guess I agree with, is that, yes, I think trying a way to go back to school physically should be a priority. First of all, um, new report I just read that if um, we don't return to school right by like December, uh, students will be uh, some students will be a year behind on where they should be in mathematics, and that's kind of a big deal. That's a really big deal. Um, that shouldn't be uh, a scenario for a country that has been heralded as at least a decent education system. Obviously, we're not perfect. There's some countries that have done it just a little bit better. But uh, the fact that we have to return to school is unnecessary. What we should be focusing on is that, first of all, do we think that coronavirus, do you think that we can control this thing by September? It looks like no. Okay, so we can probably rule out going back to school. Second of all, what other ways can we teach our kids? Um, not our kids, but kids in a safe way. And the, th- the thing that we were doing, obviously we all know, is distance learning. And obviously there's some concerns with distance learning, like it's not the same. Uh, kids will probably get... Uh, more anxiety and more depression. I and I think that's true. And the fact that how can you trust kids with cheating and stuff when they're at their own house, you know, a lot of things like that. Um, and then you got to look at, you know, not every, I know, uh, not every school in the world or in the United States is like Wayzata. Okay. Not every school is iPads. Not every school has the best or not. Not every student has the best internet. And, um that could that could be a factor when it comes to opening or doing distance learning for at least a semester or a, at least a term um so 
especially with if you look at Minneapolis right now, you think those students have the resources it takes? No, they don't, and they're disadvantaged, and that you know, and um, they're uh, mostly black and people of color uh, communities. And then if if you want to talk about going back to school, they will also be affected. Because they don't, they won't have the same uh, accessibilities to resources like masks and, tech, you know, safety measures uh, as, um, as we do here, I guess, in the suburbs. So, this is not just about health, I guess, but also about um, people who just wanna learn. And the fact is that this decision is gonna hurt some people. And that's the sad reality. And we got to make every effort to change that. Is it going to be made in two months? No, it's going to take years. But that's just what's, that's just the reality of it is that we're going to have some disadvantaged groups being disadvantaged a lot more. So, um, and then also this is, there's a, a huge one, including this actually affects me a lot, sports, especially fall sports um, like soccer and football. Um I, I play football, and um, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. This summer, I, I'm not able to go to summer workouts or just up to, uh, to practices this summer because of the COVID. My, my parents had to decide, right? For other families, that's, that's easier, right? They might have only child, or they might have more confidence, or they might not um, you know, have the same concern, as other parents, I'm not. I'm not. Just, I'm not saying you know my my parents are better. No, but the fact is, I have uh, five other siblings, and they're all younger than me, and my parents are in their late forties. And you know, should I run the risk of every day going there, and you know, putting my family at risk and putting myself at risk is a huge huge concern i struggle with it i struggle with it i i want to be there it it this 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 sucks okay i i uh i want to be there and right now uh now our season's in jeopardy and i know that might suck for me but i feel terrible for the people and for my teammates that they're seniors you know, a lot of guys on our football team, they're seniors, they're excited, we just want a state championship, and we're hungry for more, right? We're going to win in the dark. But for some, uh, I feel terrible that their season in jeopardy. We've, n- I've, we've never seen it like this before. And if, if our season does get canceled, um, I think... I would I would feel more hurt for them than for me. Um, healthy doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I I know the Minnesota State High School League um, uh, says that in two weeks they'll release their um, their guidelines and their plans, and I hope that we can find a way. And I have some ideas about that, and uh, especially um, uh, for football. And my idea. Okay, for sports, is 
for fall sports that are, I guess, high risk because of close contact, like football, soccer, um, that they would be moved and they would, they would be moved to the, to the spring, um, for now. Uh, that's putting, that's putting a lot of hope that we could do something or that the, the situation in this pandemic will change and then putting less, putting, um, less risk sports or not as much contact sports like baseball um, in the fall or um, well track we you know that, that that's my idea obviously I'm not you know the the leader of the, the state high school league and um, that's just my idea but I've heard that rumor swirling around and I would be in support of playing football in the spring then canceling it canceling the season uh outright or or um another solution that's just my idea and um i know a lot this is this is something that affects everybody and um that's just my plan that, or my idea for a plan that could work so um it's 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 a crazy situation it's a crazy situation and i believe that we will find a way to get out of this. We will play a season. Um, we will try to, uh, at, least, at least I will try to treat this as, as uh, normal as I can. I hope that you guys can too. And I think if you want to call, if you want to say there's a theme to this episode, it's just that uh, wear your mask. Like seriously, just wear your mask. Um social distance is try to stay home like don't don't be dumb don't be dumb and you gotta realize that decisions that you make not only affect you but also affect others so um that will conclude this part of uh that'll conclude this part of uh the episode well you've reached the end of today's episode of this podcast Thank you for um, listening. It's been awesome. Uh, with all the support, people DMing me, stating their opinions, or um, complimenting me. Uh, it's been really great. So, so, uh, just want to let you know that I'm not uh, monetizing this. I'm doing this because I love to talk about stuff, and to voice my opinion, uh, and to hear and to see that a lot of people are supporting me is great. Um, I'm going to have a poll on Instagram if, uh, about, you know, uploads. I know I haven't been uploading a lot and that's my fault. And I just want you guys to know, um, if, you know, I just want you guys, your opinion on how much, uh, do you want, you know, a week, every month, you know, every two weeks. Um, so please, uh, write down your thoughts there. Uh, thank you again. Please, uh, share this to others so they can they can listen as well and that i can uh, be better at my job and uh, i'll see you another time